You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. So in talking about the concept of forgiveness, uh, as much as I've grown up in church a lot of my life, the reality was I didn't really, really embrace forgiveness or really understand it and really know it until I was actually in college. Uh, I was getting my bachelor's degree. This is like more than 20 years ago. I was getting my bachelor's degree, and I was taking this one course. Um, I kind of reached a point where a lot of people reach when you're getting your degree. I wanted to be a counseling psychologist since the seventh grade, and I reached a point where I knew I was not going to be a counseling psychologist. And so I was just like, ah, geez, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And I was taking this one course, and the course was called Introduction to American Studies. And it wasn't so much the study of American history, but the study of American culture. Uh, The book that we actually spent a lot of our time on was called A Different Mirror uh, by Ronald Takaki. And it was about the history of a multicultural America. And the reason why this was so important was because at this time in my life, I was kind of going through what I call my, my black power stage. And I was like wearing my Africa medallion, Uh, We were about two or three years removed from the Rodney King riots. It was the middle of the OJ trial of Brown. And I mean, I was like, yo, if you were two shades lighter of Brown, I did not trust you. That's just the way it was. That's the way I, I didn't trust anybody. And I was in this like moment of time where it was just all about me, all about blackness. And I trusted Mexican people, but that was about it. And, and this professor says to us, I guarantee every single one of you are going to cry at least one time this semester. That book, probably next to the Bible, only the Bible, uh, that book was probably the most powerful book that has ever changed my life, next to the Bible. As we started to unpack different things in this book, I started to learn not only about my race, but how every race had made so many contributions to this country. And along with those contributions, also certain oppressions and certain discriminations that they had to actually go through, from Irish immigrants to Jewish immigrants, and what they had to experience in terms of different versions of racism, to Asian culture, to the Indian culture, to so many wrongs that we never really learned about in public school, but we were just starting to uncover. And every single race, I mean, every single class we were going through, if we would talk about a race by the end of that class, oh yeah, people were crying, people were crying. But we would like find somebody in that class and we'd be going to them and saying, man, I'm sorry. Man, I'm so sorry for what happened to your race. And so, when the Black Week came, you know, you figure I should be, like, happy, you know, and I mean, and yeah, we're talking about everything, and I knew about slavery, and then all of a sudden, there was more stuff, and more stuff that was coming out, and I mean, during the Black Week, everybody was crying, everybody was crying, and so after the class, of course, you know, I get deluge of people coming to me, and they're like, man, yo, man, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and It was weird, but for like the first time, I actually, I didn't feel like 
my black power self. I was just receiving love. And these were like people, I didn't know them, they didn't know me, but they gave me something at that point in time that I, I didn't have. And they acknowledged something that was there. And from that moment on, you know, I changed my major, American studies major, and I took off the black medallion and stuff and the Africa symbol, and, it, and I knew that there was something more beyond just me. You know, when we talk about forgiveness, you know, I know there's plenty of you right now. You're like, Aaron, you don't know my pain. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the hurt. You don't know how it feels. You don't know what it's like. And you know what? You're right. I'm not going to sit up here and try and play like I do. I don't know. But I do know this. What Jesus teaches us about forgiveness and what he commands us, forgiveness is a choice. It is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's not something you're going to like. You're never going to feel like forgiving. I'm going to tell you right now. It's going to hurt you. You're going to think about the pain. You're going to think about the wound. And you're going to think it's not fair. But regardless, forgiveness is a choice. In the video that we just saw, people walking through the Auschwitz camp, there was a passage of scripture there. It was Matthew 8. And just to go through for the sake of time, they're asking about forgiveness. And Jesus tells a story about, okay, hey, so there's this master. He said, forgiveness in the kingdom of God is like this master or this king who decides, okay, hey, you know what? Everybody who owes me money is going to pay me today. And so he decides to call in all of his accounts. And so he has this one particular servant. And just because names and faces, what we're going to do is we're going to actually give a face to this actual servant. So we're going to call this first servant the Kobe servant, because I despise Kobe Bryant. (laughs) And if you are a Laker fan, I'm sure there are other churches you can go to. (laughs) And if you don't like this sermon, you can tell Doug all about it, but he ain't here right now, so what up? Anyway, got to be holy. <laughs> so the master has the Kobe servant come in, the Kobe servant, he says, okay, pay me everything that you owe me. And the example the Bible uses, it says it's like 10,000 talents. And that actual amount for 10,000 talents is actually in the millions and millions of dollars. And I mean, I'm sure there's Greek and Hebrew and all that other stuff behind it. It's like millions and millions of dollars. It's an insurmountable amount of debt. And so what the Kobe servant does is he falls on his knees and he's begging, hey, I need more time. I need more time. And the master says, you know what? You don't have time. So what we're going to do is we're going to sell off your wife. We're going to sell off your kids. We're going to make them go into slavery. We're going to put you in slavery. We're going to sell off all your land. And he's begging for more time. The master sees the position that he takes and does something that he has a full authority to do but the Kobe servant wouldn't expect. He releases him from the debt and says, you know what, you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay. Million dollar debt forgiven. This same Kobe servant goes out and finds one of his fellow servants, 
who we're going to name them the LeBron servant. Because if you know I hate Kobe, you know where I stand with LeBron. Any story that ends with both of them getting choked in jail, that's a good story, okay? <laughs> anyway, go Spurs go. <laughs> so Kobe, the Kobe servant, finds the LeBron servant and is choking him and saying, you owe me, and the Bible says, uh, what was it, like a hundred denarii, which is like the equivalency of like 20 bucks. And is choking him and saying, you owe me, pay back what you owe me, pay back what you owe me. And he's choking him over this. The Kobe servant takes the same posture, or I'm sorry, the LeBron servant takes the same posture as the Kobe servant, and he's falling on his knees saying, give me time, give me time, and he doesn't. The Kobe servant decides, you know what? I'm going to throw the LeBron servant in jail. And once he decides to throw him in jail, guess what? For those of you who have never touched the wonderful system of prison, I know a lot of you are holy, but I know there's a few of y'all who know what I'm talking about. When you're in prison, can you pay anybody back? You can't do anything about it. The Kobe servant put the LeBron servant in a place where he could never be released from the debt. So the king hears about it from the other servants. The king hears about it, calls the Kobe servant back in, and says, well, wait a minute, what's going on? I just released you from all of this debt. Shouldn't you have treated your, your other fellow LeBron servant the same way? And then at that point, the king adjusts his judgment initially to release the debt and does what? Turns the Kobe servant over to jailers to be tortured until he pays back everything he owes. There's some huge points in this I just want to touch on. The master's judgment with the Kobe servant at the very beginning, when the Kobe servant took this posture of humility, there's something huge here that you have to latch on to. When the Kobe servant took this posture, he wasn't taking this posture in hopes that the debt would be released. He was asking for what? More time. More time. When we approach God with this posture of humility, it opens up a realm of opportunity for you that goes far beyond what you could ask. But you've got to humble yourself. Isn't that what forgiveness is all about? Isn't that what humility is all about? Another thing, the Kobe's attitude towards LeBron when he's choking him, I mean, what is that? Over $20? How many of you have ever had something? I, I mean, I know a lot of y'all have already forgiven everyone, but have you ever had someone who was mad at you over something real small? And you were like, man, what, really? Are you going to be that upset over something so small? You ever seen those YouTube videos where people are screaming at people at fast food places because they got their order wrong or they didn't get the food the way they wanted? And I said it before earlier this morning, if you at Whataburger, they're going to mess up your order at least one out of four times. That's just going to happen. They are 15 years old. Don't expect perfection, okay? That's why you check your food before you drive off. Why are you going to get mad? Will you screaming down anybody 
over something, is that going to make the situation, well, Aaron, it's going to make me feel better. Is it really? Is it really? But the big thing, the big thing about it all, what Jesus tries to hit home is that the master adjusted his judgment to the Kobe based on how he treated the other servant. And that's huge. Uh, I talk about this in the class uh, quite often. Um, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When you're sitting on the throne of your kingdom, who's in control? We are. Thank you, Paul. You're in control. You're making those calls. When you are seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, righteousness means what? Alignment with God or judgment. So that means what? When you're on your throne, you're either going to be making how God judges, I'm going to align with him, or I'm going to align myself to how I think. God's judgment is what? Pure, holy, just. Our judgment is what? Biased, selfish. Oh, Aaron, you don't understand where I've been. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how it feels. I have to be this way. God's judgment is what? Mercy, grace, love, forgiving. Ours? Well, Aaron, I have a measure of compassion, but don't push me. And then guess what happens? All of a sudden, here comes the offense. Somebody made you angry. Somebody did something that wronged you. And what do we do? Oh, Aaron, I'm holy. I'm going to pray about it because I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one, which way I should go. Well, Jesus actually talks about it earlier in Matthew 6 when the disciples actually said, teach us how to pray. One of the most powerful prayers. Y'all should know it. Some of y'all know it very well. Our Father, who art in heaven, how be thy name? Thy will be on earth. Give us this day. And, uh-oh. Ooh. Some of y'all didn't even want to pray that, boy. I know a lot of y'all got quiet. It's okay, it was the back room. It's okay. <coughs> Forgive us of our trespasses. When Jesus is teaching us that prayer, he's saying, when you're praying to the Father, when we get to that point, forgive us of our trespasses as we have already done what? We've already aligned us ourselves here. We've already made that decision when you are praying. Guys, if you catch this, there's some of you, you've had unanswered prayers, and you're frustrated. feels like stuff is hitting the ground. It's like, man, God, where are you? I've been praying all day long. I've even been giving. I've been going to church. I've been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. How come there are no answers? Have you forgiven? Have you forgiven? You have to know your role in the kingdom of God. This is your responsibility. It is a choice. 
you are supposed to forgive. And then we're going to God saying, forgive us of our trespasses, as we have already forgiven those who trespass against us. If you are not forgiving, and Jesus actually says in Matthew 6, 14, if you forgive men their sins, the Father will forgive yours. If you don't forgive, then the Father will not forgive. And then later in Matthew 7, 1, he actually says, judge, judge not lest you be judged. For the same measure that you judge men, it will be measured back to you. Aaron, I don't understand why people are so critical of me. I didn't do nothing wrong to them. What's your attitude? Aaron, I don't understand why I don't have any blessings in my life. Well, I can tell you. I can tell you the reason why. Ultimately, you got to make a decision. You got to make a decision to let it go. I know that's not what a lot of people want to hear. But the reality is this. Whose throat are you holding on to? What is it that you're holding on to? Some of y'all need to let go of some stuff for yourself. But just think about it. You're sitting here and you're praying in your life. And you're like, God, I need so many things. I need a new job. God, I need a new house. God, how come I can't hold on to a man? God, what's going on? Can you receive anything if your hands are full? Can you do anything? The more and more you're holding on to this, God could be just sitting there waiting to pour blessing after blessing out, and this is what you're doing. And you're just going to say, Doug, Doug, because you ain't going to talk to me about it, and I ain't going to have no time for you. Doug, Doug, I don't understand. I can't let this stuff go. I can't let it go. You don't understand how I feel. Reality is this. There's no prayer. There's no special anointing that you need. There comes a point in time where you're going to make a decision. Because guess what? When you release it, guess what you can do? Now there's room. Now, why do you think people do this during worship? Look at that. I got room. I got room to receive peace. I got room to receive love. I got room to receive blessing. And in fact, I'm no longer tied to anything. I'm abandoned to what? His purpose, his will, his glory. Either you're going to make room or you're going to make excuses. Either way, you're going to have to make a decision. When we actually ended up crying three times that semester. And uh, I changed my major, and it was like best, and I never regretted it. The one time that I cried the most in the class, it really wasn't, it wasn't the black week. It wasn't the black week. Everybody cried during that week. We actually, it was, it was the week when we really started to get more and more into the Indian removals and everything that Indians had gone through in America, from Columbus to all the way through. 
And the more and more we were talking about it, I mean, I just had tears just lapping underneath my chin because it was so inhumane to see a population reduced to the thought of an animal be called savages and as many different types of tribes to all be thought of as just one type of character. And it hurt. It hurt. I, I, I remember even looking at the Lone Ranger differently and just seeing just the thought of someone being called Tanto. I was like, that's so wrong. And there was a person at the end of the class, and I mean, I was like, beside myself, and at the end of class, I ended up going to, we did have an Indian in the class, and I ended up going to the Indian person, and I was just like, dude, I am so sorry. I mean, I am so sorry. And he knew I was broken. He knew, and he felt it. But the reason why it was more important was because that previous week, we were talking about black people. And he had come to me, and this was before I knew he was an Indian, but he had come to me the previous week and he had poured out his heart to me. And he was like, man, I didn't know to that depth what it was to be black. So when I went to him and you know, we're all like wiping stuff out of our eyes and we're trying to talk to each other, you know, and I'm like, I, I didn't have the words. What he said to me, he said, man, it's okay. You know, we've all, we all go through it. And we're here now. And we all got pain, regardless of the level. You know, we all have something that has wounded us. We all have something that has hurt us. We all have something that has impacted us. But regardless of what it is, you have to make a choice in your life right now to make room because holding on to it does nothing. It does nothing for your life, and you will accomplish very, very little of the purposes of God if you intend to grow. There's a blessing waiting for you. There's something waiting for you beyond what you have right now. But what's in your hand? Let it go. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just pray right now for every heart and every soul in here, for all the things and all the pains and all the wounds that we've endured, and God, for the wounds that we've caused. Lord, we pray right now that you would enable us, give us the strength and the grace and the mercy to let it go those things in our lives so that way we can accomplish everything that you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.